Marilyn Manson, which is easily the biggest band besides Nine Inch Nails to come off of nothing. Uh, they have a very lengthy catalog. They released five albums on nothing. And then they released a bunch more albums on other labels. Um, tonight we will be discussing in depth Antichrist Superstar and uh, t- touching the other albums that came out on Nothing as well. And um, Marilyn Manson was formed in, I believe, 1989 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, I mean it is Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all messed up down there. <laughs> Florida's Florida, and it was a. Uh, that first, that first album is a Florida album. Oh, through and through. Uh, yeah, but was, they originally were Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. And that was uh, Marilyn Manson, whose real name was Brian Warner. And uh, Scott Puteski, who went by Daisy Berkowitz. And uh, the drummer at the time, I believe, was named Sarah Lee Lucas. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, bass was Gidget Gein. Yeah, yeah, on the first record. Yeah, yeah. and... Keyboard player wasn't Madonna Wayne Gacy from the start, but he did join eventually. Yeah. And uh, that early stuff, they were very much a, uh, they were a groovy metal band with really goofball dark imagery. Uh, they, they weren't, they weren't like Slayer or anything where it was riff after riff, but they were heavy and they were screaming and uh, there were dark keyboards and, um, they were very. They were very much a, a product of, the the early nineteen nineties where, uh, you know, talk shows were becoming a thing with Phil Donahue and, yeah, Pat Robertson was on TV being an asshole, and that was what they were singing about, um, and in nineteen ninety four, took a look at him, and they said, we're putting out an album. We're going to be calling it Portrait of American Family. And we're all going to adopt these serial killer names mixed with models. And we're going to drop the Spooky Kids uh, part of the title and just call ourselves Marilyn Manson. And that was the beginning of Marilyn Manson's relationship with nothing. Um, they did. They, I believe they opened up for Nine to Nails on some of the, the self-destruct tour. Yep, that's right. Which is what? Which you the the footage enclosed closure, I believe, was from that tour. Before it was known as Portrait of American Family, it was actually called the Manson Family album. Mm. And it was, had a different producer on that. It was uh, one of the guys from. Uh, he was a Swans producer. Yeah, and I've never listened to the Swans, but you actually I, in a I previous do, episode were telling me I do like the Swans. Yeah, but apparently he and Marilyn Manson didn't mix. Right, and it was very tinny. It wasn't giving them the sound they wanted. So I wasn't aware of this. I didn't learn it until recently that Mar- or that Trent Reznor, actually Nine Inch Nails, a lot of the members of Nine Inch Nails helped on that album. Right. I always thought it just came out on nothing, but no, they, they re-engineered it, and uh, Trent Reznor plays the fake saxophone on it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Charlie Cal- Clouster does some stuff here and there. Um, Chris Renna, I think, is on there, like all over the place. Um, yeah, those two bands actually became buddies for a few years there. Yeah. Like that that early, that, that middle touring entity of Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson were buddies. And... Uh, yeah, the, the, the early Spooky Kid stuff is a lot groovier and a lot, it all sounds like. It sounds like a Willy Wonka boat ride. It sounds, yeah, Willy Wonka, well, the dope hat is a Willy Wonka right. boat ride, but yeah, the there's a lot, thing, yeah. there's crossover there with like, uh, you know, whatever Les Claypool does now, 
they were doing back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, you know Hanna Barbera imagery with the darkness of what goes on in a basement. Right, right. And uh, but they were they were actually they were a pretty tight band. Like Daisy Berkowitz is a really good groovy guitar player. Yeah. Um, the Misery actual, Machine. Uh, sorry, go ahead. The actual the actual drumming on those early like if you go back and you watch some of those Spooky Kids live tours. Uh, live videos on on YouTube, they they the, the Sarah Lee Lucas was actually a decent drummer. Yeah, um, I, I owned I owned some bootlegs that were kind of like you know how Eric you you would you would go back and you would buy like the broken VHS off mm-hmm. eBay. Yeah, like I got some spooky either either I or my high school girlfriend got some CDs and cassettes of the the, the spooky kids era Marilyn Manson. Like we were yeah. really got into it. Um, but it was all right. And most of that stuff over those five years congealed into that Portrait of American Family album. And that's why some of that album is extremely goofy. And some of it's really good, I think. It's an uneven record, but the highs outweigh the lows big time for me. Um, I, I easily, there's two songs on Portrait of American Family that just kick my ass to this day. And that's Misery Machine, which is the closer. And then one that I kind of forgot about until recently is Dogma. Which is also uh, another just really driving, you know. That's that's the "You Cannot Sedate All the Things You Hate" song, which is uh, one, their slogan for that album. Um, this song sucks. Monkey. My monkey's My not monkey, that good. It's always been known as being stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's dumb. It's terrible. Uh, but I think that's the song that Trent Reznor's on with the saxophone. Isn't oh, right. right. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah. uh, you know, Lunchbox is a good song. Uh, yeah. No, like. Um, Snake Eyes and Sissies is pretty good. Um, uh, Lunchbox is great. Dope Hat is kind of goofy. It used to be one of my favorites, but it's hard to go back to. But even like that's with it. Snake Eyes and Sissies was one of my favorites, and now it is. Like I just you know, Cake and Sodomy is ridiculous, but it's meant. But it sounds good. Yeah. So I was listening to this, and um, as a newcomer, how did you feel about this? Because right, Mark and I let's. Mark and I are as familiar with these first five Maryland, first four, first four Maryland yes. Manson albums. Like we're as familiar with these as we are almost any Nine Inch Nails album. Yeah. yeah, I can speak for both of us. Yeah, Absolutely. and not, and not yeah, me 100%. at all. Not me at all. Um, so actually, when when nothing started putting out Marilyn Manson, um, I was I love Nine Inch Nails, and my my friends were like these old school goth dudes, like stainless steel fucking <laughs> like uh, uh, shin guards and capes. And they liked, uh, you know, <laughs> dead can dance. And uh, <laughs> anyways, that's why you married your wife. <laughs> they, they warned me against the hot topic, uh, mm. uh, the hot topic fodder, which was Marilyn Manson. And I was interested because I knew, I knew Trent worked on the album. And that made me so interested because I loved it. Well, that, 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 but that was the thing about Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson was very interesting because they weren't an industrial band. The most industrial thing that comes out of them is that they had a keyboard player, and then later, like the production in some of those records is really dense. Yeah. But they're just a rock band with a keyboard player. Absolutely. And yeah. and they use dark imagery. Yep. That that was you know they were never they were never a goth band really. Yep. But they appealed to gothic kids. That's right. They were never an industrial band, but they appealed to industrial heads. You yeah. know. So o- over time, and we'll talk about it, I, I've grown to love Antichrist Superstar. And my big gateway drug was Trent Reznor's participation in that album. Because it sounds like 
It sounds it's like Spiral. Yeah, Spiral. It, sound, it yeah. has the same production Those style. Those albums go, yeah. they could be yeah. a double album yeah. if you want them to, mm-hmm. I think. So going back after already liking them for that and listening to Portrait of American Family, um, it it's quite ridiculous. There's a lot of st- stuff I would just put in the dustbin. <laughs> um, uh, and like great songs, like I, Cake and Sodomy is a fine song, but it is a sarcastic fucking... What's gonna make a mother clutch her pearls? Yeah. Let's sing about it. <laughs> well, they even have, they even have like samples of mothers clutching their pearls on the you know uh, recording machines in that album. Yeah, yeah. You know, get get your gun. We gave some love to that last love to that last album. Yeah. remix. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's a good record. I, I, it puts me in a weird mood sometimes. Even if he doesn't know what's going on, I don't know if I listen to it around towns. My son. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a strange dark album, and it, yeah. it doesn't. I don't it's know very cartoony. I don't but, know yeah, if the music matches their aesthetics in that album. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a weird thing, right? I mean, um, not a, they're not. A, it doesn't sound as interesting as they were trying to be. Maybe I don't know if that makes well, sense. Marilyn Manson like, was still wearing striped socks during this true. period, I, but I yeah. almost think they were just kind of getting over that. But they weren't able to grow out of it yet because they had like five years worth of songs they wrote. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. He's like, all I want to do is put on a bustier and uh, some fishnets and uh, <laughs> and color in my uh, my veins with a eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Twiggy was like wearing like something that a doll would wear, you know. And I mean, I, I hear you on this one. I mean, it doesn't age well, but there are still some. It's yeah. for no, me and Steve. Like no, it has yeah. his. It, it's it's clearly a band nostalgia. is doing something well. Right. I was avoiding them for purely pretentious reasons. Did you ever listen to the uh, cover they did of uh, Down in the Park? No. You Very seek good. That out. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their cover versions of um, so they had Down in the Park. They had uh, Rock and Roll Nigger. Uh, they had. I'm sorry to say it. I know. <laughs> I really hope. What's unfortunate is that. That word is going to come up again this episode. We we'll, might skirt around it. Um, yeah, they they have, uh, and then uh, I put a spell on you. Yeah, I put a spell on you. Yeah, but then sweet, so they, actually Blue those were on, and those were on like their breakthrough album was actually not Amy Cry Superstar. Yeah, it was on a remix it was, album it was, of all intents and purposes. Uh, Smells like children, which came out in '95, which was the EP. It started out as a dope hat single, and then they just kept adding remixes to it. Charlie Clouser apparently was the mastermind behind that thing, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it had those those covers on it, and it had "Sweet Dreams," which was their big hit. And I actually that didn't grab me when I heard "Sweet Dreams" on the radio back then. I was like, eh, whatever. What's didn't going do on? anything for me. Didn't do a thing for me. Um, it was wild to see like all the popularity around that. Yeah, though. I mean, I think it was because it was a, a it was on MTV, had regular play on there. And well, that uh, was the era when everybody was doing a, a remake. You would find out pretty hit. quickly yeah. that Marilyn Manson that was his like. He had a his foot right in that that niche of '80s covers, like he new wave covers, like that right. was his thing. Yeah. Was Orgy's Blue the Monday also on the radio during this? Yes, period? and they were first, and then he did one later. Okay, it was better, but yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, to your point about people doing covers yeah. of old '80s. Oh, actually, I I I, pull, I I grabbed how many covers they've done. We'll do that as our closing statement tonight. Yeah, it gets really bad. It does um, <laughs> when the scoldification of that band happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so that that EP did nothing for me. But then 1996 rolled around, and this is right around I think when we were becoming friends. Yeah, and yeah, this is exactly right. I don't remember if that album came out before we were buddies or after. 
Um, or at the same time. Right, right at that same time. Because uh, we definitely uh, became friends mutually over the fact that we both were fans of Nine Inch Nails. And I remember when Antichrist Superstar came out, um, I my I didn't have my driver's license, but my mom, because you know I heard beautiful people on the radio, and I was just like, this is amazing. I can't believe like this is actually this is not a, like a cover song. This song is so good and so classic. Instantaneously, I knew it was going to be a hit. I couldn't wait till Antichrist Superstar was released. I remember buying it on on day one. You were super excited about hearing it. I bar- I let you borrow it, mm-hmm. and then we just like geeked out for like months on it. Did you? Yeah, we got a lot of mileage out of that record. Yeah. Did you have a t- the T shirt that the all dried up and tied up and fucked to the world? Uh, I had a few Marilyn Manson t-shirts, but I had one in particular that had like hangmen on there and like, you can kill yourself now because you're already dead. Hmm. And I remember wearing that to school and I was just like, yeah, this is going to get me sent to I thought you had one with the F word on it. I remember, I thought I borrowed it and then I think my grandma yelled at me. Maybe, (laughs) maybe I, it's, it's certainly possible that I had handed that off because I I was was too scared to wear it. I I had a lot of bad, uh, this is actually a decent segue into 1997, six. Crimey. I had quite a few bad Marilyn Manson shirts in hindsight where I was like, oh, look who was trying to be provocative. Right. I had the one yeah. that had the reflecting God, which was like, when I'm God, everyone dies. Yep. Wore that to high school. Yep. And then I had this one where it was the face of Jesus three times over. Yep. And it said, believe, but the lie was highlighted. Yes, indeed. Oh, boy. And like being in a red city like uh, Loomis, that certainly didn't. Uh, it didn't win us any fans. Yeah, it really. You got does. something to say about Jesus, boy? <laughs> yes, one of the football coaches basically said, "Ask me that yeah. question." Yeah. So, Eric. Yeah. That's where we were. Eric and Mark and I were sophomores in yeah. high school, what? becoming fast friends. What were you doing at the time? So I was, yeah, I was in Sacramento. Um, I had made a few friends, like I said, like old school goth dudes that were a couple years older than me. Um, you know. Which is funny, is that Mark and I had some. They weren't old school goth dudes, but we had a couple of buddies that were a few years older than us into some of this music. They were just older dudes. <laughs> right. Well, you know. And, yeah. I, and Marilyn Manson had been described to me as basically like your hot topic ripoff stuff, so I didn't listen to it. And they were showing me like surprise, Front, surprise, front 242 and, loved, and like. We loved going to Hot Topic. We did. Yeah. We, we, Borders and Hot Topic were our two favorite places to go. Yeah, I got yeah. some actually a good skinny puppy shirt from there, but I was exploring other industrial music at the time. And, and not listening to it. But I do remember when I watched that 120 min- 20 Minutes of Nothing, which I've talked about, the interview with Marilyn Manson is particularly good. And it's, you know... He's and a I, smart guy. I remember many Very interviews funny. with him, at least before he... <laughs> drugs of... Before he turned into brain. a co- super cokehead. Like, he... He was actually a very smart guy when it came to, like, political issues, and probably still is to a certain degree. But, um... Uh... But then they premiered the Beautiful People video... Mm-hmm. And I was like... By Floria Sigmari. And I was like, holy shit, this song is very good. Like, I totally agree with you, Mark. Like, even being skeptical as I was, like, I was like, okay, if they're doing this, like, this sounds like Nine Inch Nails production, but the stuff he's doing with his voice, like, he was... Do- he did... He's got about five modes he's got some on his voice, yeah. and he did all of them in that song. He's very similar to... Yeah, it was great. He's a less abrasive... He doesn't sound like Axl Rose at all. Right. But Axl Rose can do a bunch of weird voices. Yeah. Marilyn Manson's the same way. He can hit a lot of weird moans. He can hit some high highs. Yeah. So so I avoided it until the last five years. And then I listened to it in entirety the first time, like not even three years ago. 
<laughs> so that's how recent I am. And, and it holds up though. That shows that it's timeless. I love that. That's album. the thing. Yeah. We're gonna get into it in a second. That album, you cannot tell when it was recorded. If you didn't know it was recorded in 1996, you wouldn't know. Right. Right. Um, that's fair. What else was happening in 1996? Oh, what? Uh, so 1996 was we're taking a step backwards last episode we did 97 but that's okay we um, got it but i made sure we didn't do 90s we will never do the same year twice right yankees won this won the uh, world series did they play the padres i don't know but the dallas cowboys won the super bowl and the chicago bulls won the nba speaking Rangers. of which i'm glad the eagles won the super bowl me too fly eagles fly that's right uh, not a lot of new... Did you guys see the guy that ate horse feces on the internet? Yes, I did. Philadelphia's finest. Very gross. Mm-hmm. I've been to Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia, but I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> uh, as far as, um, a lot of friends, uh, female actresses or sex symbols of that time, um, Julian Anderson's still holding number one. Good. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, Selma Hayek showing up. She's all right. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the years of Desperado. Right. Um, Jerry Maguire is getting all the quotes this year. You had me at a hello and show me the money, of course. Where does, uh, I think from right to left is our Tom Cruise fandom at this table. Where is Jerry Maguire in your Tom Cruise rankings, Mark? <laughs> it's pretty low. Yeah. It's pretty low. I mean, it's not a bad, it's a good Cameron Crowe movie, but I, it's not my I like Cameron Crowe, but it's one of the worst Cameron Crowe movies. Right. It's not <laughs> one of my performances. I love the bit that Patton Oswalt has to say about Jerry Maguire, where he, him and his brother went to go see it. He actually enjoyed it. His brother was like, he actually at one point yelled, fuck you, to the theater, in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Just at the movie. And he's Fair never enough. laughed harder in his life. Fair enough. It's a yeah. good bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, that, uh, that Mission Impossible 6 trailer... I watched it like five times. Yeah, those those Mission Impossible movies are all good. good. I'm ready for it. Those are all good. Okay, so big hoax in the media. Taco Bell <laughs> bought a bunch of ads, made it look like they bought the Liberty Bell and was going to stuff it with beans or something. And people believed it and sent a lot of angry letters. It was, well, it was just a joke. That probably, already, that probably actually happened just recently <laughs> in the Philadelphia <laughs> Super Bowl fallout. <laughs> Might have been worse than beans. Atari shut down in uh, 1996, and the source code for Asteroids and Centipede was thrown away in the trash. Oh. So, there's that. Um, uh, Rage Against the Machine played Saturday Night Live. Oh, and that was the first and last And they time. protested Forbes, yeah. uh, and yeah. they hung out two upside-down flags yeah. on the stage, and uh, they'd never been back. Stuff like that happens on a bi-daily basis now. Yeah. Yep. Tupac Shakur was killed. What was his name? Tupac Shakur was killed. Would d- You're the most well-versed yeah. in that yeah. area. <laughs> you sound like I would say it. Yeah. yeah. So tell T- me. Tupac. Tupac. I don't like Tupac. Also, I'm a big Tupac fan. Are you also a big fan of when I'll see right now. Patrick Stewart hosted Saturday Night Live and the guest host was Salt and Pepper? <laughs> Salt. And Pepper. <laughs> Tupac. Tupac was died. Poor Tupac. Hail Mary's a good song. Um, is it Hail Mary? Probably. Yeah, I think it is. Hey, come on. Come on. The California song. Oh, I, oh fucking California's amazing. Yeah. No, it's California, California Love. Love. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's very, very, very good. good. That, was the, that was the top song of the year this year in 1996. Um, and Elton John... 
had a top 40 single every year from 1970 to 1997. How's that possible? I don't know, but he did it. He pulled it off. New song every year. I don't believe Top 40. So Jim Carrey made $20 million in Cable Guy. Great movie. It's not bad. It might be my favorite Jim Carrey movie. It's very much an Eric movie. Really? Favorite? It's good. Okay. It's good. Well, no, no, no. I like like Eternal Sunshine better than Cable Guy. I... Like Man on the Moon better. Mm. A Man on the Moon oh, interesting. Man, huh? <laughs> interesting. I like Andy Kaufman. Sure. I like Andy Kaufman, too. I just, Man on the Moon's all right. Eh, it's a good biopic. It's fine. It's no walk hard. <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali threw his 1960 Olympic gold medal into the Ohio River because he was uh, following being refused service at a whites-only restaurant. Good for him. Dana Carvey show aired. Uh, which wait, had, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. What? In 1996? Yep, yep. He tossed it right There's in there. There's a whites-only restaurant in 1996. I mean, in 2018, oh, wait. I believe it. Right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Apparently, he won the medal in 1960. Was it owned by Donald Trump? <laughs> he won the medal in 1960 and tossed it in the river. Offer In 96, he was given an honorary medal to oh. replace it. Okay. Did he throw that one in the river, too? <laughs> he was a badass. He would have yeah, done it. Dana Carvey show had Bob Odenkirk and Dino Stampanopoulos and Charlie Kaufman writing for it. Had seven episodes and went under. That was 1996, friends. Um, listen, if you want to know about the big movies, it was Independence Day, Twister, and Mission Impossible, the first one. Oh, the first one. Jerry Maguire. Man, a big year for Tommy Cruise. Yeah. The Rock, good movie. So, in- Independence oh, Day, huh? The Birdcage. Did you guys see that sequel? I did not. No, I, I didn't. Know. I knew to, I, I knew well enough to stay away. Me and Donald, my stepfather, we went and saw it together. Sure. And it was tough. And he'll watch anything. And even he was kind of like, well, that was a waste of our money. <laughs> um, no amount of, J, of uh, JG could save it. Mm. But uh, Mission Impossible 1, good flick. Yep. We were recently talking about our rankings. And um, I believe like, Mission Impossible 1 was the, in, like in the middle. Yeah. 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 That's fair. From like worst to least, uh, worst to best, you said two, three, one, four and five, or five and four? No, no, four. no. I would two? Put, I would put three above one personally. Two, three, one, five, four. You would put two above one, yeah. you said? No, no, no. Three Get above out of the one. Three uh-huh. above one. No, two is the worst. Fly out of here to White Dove. Yeah. Two is the worst, but I would put three above one. Yeah, Brad Bird, the Bradbury one's my favorite one. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Ghost Protocol. That's a lot of fun. And even though I say three is like the second to worst, it's still a great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only bad one in there is uh, part two. That's but it's, it. it's bad, but I'll still watch it. Sure. Yeah. Guys, the, and, be- the, the best song of 1996 going. <laughs> was Don't Speak by No Doubt, apparently. That was the best song. Macarena was a close. This is the year of Macarena, friends. It was. It was a, a phenomenon. Um... Uh, Unbreak My Heart, of course, by Tony Braxton. And good the song. Crossroads by Bone Thugs. Both good song. In Harmony. Um, yeah. And that was uh, 96. Let's get into uh, the man that was going to destroy 96 with a... He even had a song called... 1996. You got to say one thing, though. Birdcage is a good movie. Birdcage is a great movie. That was also this year. That was in the top 10 films of the year. Birdcage is a great film. 
Uh, I think 90% of my love of Gene Hackman comes from that movie. 90%? Yeah. Really? 90%? Your worst is 10% Royal Tenenbaums? Tenenbaums was maybe 90% and 10% was, but was Bird yeah, Cage. Yeah, it was 5% yeah. Unforgiven. Little oh, Bill. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the Duck of Death? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, guys, that was '96. So let's drop this album. Let's do it. All right, All right let's so set the road. Marilyn Manson's, yep, sophomore album, Antichrist Superstar comes out in 1996. Mm-hmm. Yep, nobody was ready for it. Um, it's it's a good thing for this band is they had like a a reverse sophomore slump. They had their first five years worth of songs on their first album, and it wasn't a big hit. And then they had that unexpectedly big hit EP. So then when they got to do this album, they were already like, the expectations were, they were high, but they also like already, they garnered enough respect to uh, be able to, you know, get TR to actually help make the album and, and, and do, some, do some damage together. So a, l- a little history of the, the album, Antichrist Superstar. It was recorded... In New Orleans, with the majority of Nine Snails were all over the album. Trent produced the whole thing, pretty much. Yep, the whole thing. Yeah, he wrote, he helped write some songs, which I'll bring up as we get to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, members of Nine Snails play backup guitars and do some sequencing on it. Chris Renner does some extra drumming on it. It's a uh, all intents and purposes, it's a it's like a side Nine Snails album. Yep, um, it's, it's just it's covered in grime. And there are layers, and to this day, with this most recent listening, this listen through, I picked up stuff that I don't think I noticed before. Yep. If you put it, it's a, it's a headphones album. Mm-hmm. It actually, it's a, it's a headphones album, but also it's a great album to blast out of your car. I love it. Oh, I, yeah. I kick myself for avoiding it for so many years because it's it's a phenomenal record. So, it's a classic. It's so good. Yeah. Um, what's the okay? Before we start, just for context, mm-hmm. this is not me doing my nerdy fan theories but there is a storyline to three Marilyn Manson albums right yeah so there's they call it the triptych yeah and I think he made it up as he went along okay um, I did too and and the first album like they all three of those albums do have a storyline to them but then I think by the time he got to that third one he said they all tied together yeah because even with mechanical animals I can't even see how those two go together at all. I can't either no. and but and, basically the the plot of this album is it's like a Ziggy Stardust type rock star that murders yep. people. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> sort of. It, yeah, I would definitely. It's very uh, has its elements like the wall does. Yeah, you know where like yeah. a rock star yeah. is going through a mental breakdown and. Okay. Um, you know. Uh, but then mechanical animals is basically the man who fell to earth. Right. It, but also like a Ziggy Stardust type thing. Yeah. And then Hollywood had a bunch of JFK stuff and post Columbine gun stuff. Right. And so if you go by what he says. You start with Hollywood and you work your way backwards to this. Okay. And then some people say, which I like this idea better, is that all three albums are three different characters that take place in one world at the same time. That's what I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and I said earlier on a uh, previous episode that, you know, people have created like a playlist of songs of how it like flows narratively mm-hmm. um, in chronological order. And uh, Marilyn Manson himself has said that there is like, an order to it, everything. Everything is kind of like in different universes working at the same time. Sure. Um, but for Irresponsible Hate Anthem, the the first song, if you're looking the liner notes, it was actually said it was recorded before the album was released mm. um, in order to try to create this uh, 
scene setting. Like this is yeah. the future, and we're going to tell you the story of how we got to that. Point. Yeah, actually, Twiggy Ramirez and Zimzum were in a Guitar World interview, and for some reason, I would occasionally buy Guitar World growing up, and I can hardly hold a guitar. <laughs> and um, I found I found that I didn't rem- I found that quote online, but I did have that issue. And he said, "Yeah, he's all Madonna Wayne Gacy." was able to get some sequences going on and we were able to capture sounds from the future and bring them back to now and that's how we got that uh, that live 1997 recording great. on our yeah it's a hell of an opener love it it's such a good opener yeah, yeah. It, it starts with a live audience which sets the stage that it's uh, a story about a superstar yeah, a lot of this album was it was a it was a self-fulfilling prophecy i think it worked out better than they thought it was going to right a lot of it's about becoming big stars and like the shit that's going to happen and there's a lot of the crowd sounds and stuff, yeah. and a lot of songs about stardom, and then they became big stars. It totally fulfilled itself. Right. Yeah. Um, this yeah, one is like a the driving... First, the first thing you hear in that song is actually the end of the the hidden track. Yeah. Untitled. It's, it's yeah. it's it creates a loop. You can listen to that album. Hollywood does that, Yeah, too. I noticed that. Hollywood yeah. does that, and also The Wall does that. Yeah. Is this where we came in? That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trick I like it when bands do that. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, that's just that album or that, that song. It jumps in there and it's just off to the races. Yeah, um, and it's it's one of the more straight up metal songs. There's not there's not a lot going on in it. It's very to the point, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a it's a fun song. Like, it wasn't my favorite when I first heard this song, but it's a great album opener, and uh, like I've appreciated it more and more over time. Um, and uh, it's really good. Like the keyboards parts, you know, that come in, like never, never, never say this, and then you know, yeah. I just I love kind of like that call and response yeah. that's going on with the whole band at that yeah. time. Um, like it's a really mature album. Like there's just, or this particular song is just a really good uh, way to kick everything off. Well, even even when the lyrics are kind of his his, uh, that's actually I can sing to Marilyn Manson songs a lot more than I do Nine Nail songs because yeah. he's a he's just uh, Marilyn Manson first and foremost is a frontman rock star. Yep, and he sings stuff that you want to sing along to. Sometimes it's nonsense. Many times it's nonsense. But you also, they stick with you. I know all the lyrics to this album. Um, right, me too. And, and actually, the crowd that we hate love, we love hate thing, they would start doing that when you'd see Marilyn Manson at the time, like before the show started, people would start doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the curtain would drop. And then go into this song. It was super theatrical. It was like watching a like a, a play. It yeah. really was. I mean, even we, I didn't see him on the Antichrist Superstar tour. Yeah. I saw him on the Mechanical Animals tour, and I saw him on the Hollywood tour, and that was it. Um, I saw him two more times after that. I saw him at Ozfest on another Hollywood tour, mm-hmm. and then again a few years ago on like the Born Villain tour. Mm. Things had taken a turn. Yeah, yeah I know, man. <laughs> we'll, get, I, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do a coda and we talk about that. Right, right, right. Um, that song turns into Beautiful People, which we've talked about, which is just a perfect single. It's so good.
It's very good. I mean, the drums and how it just like uh, propels you yeah. into that song. Um, the the chorus is great. Live, it it like I, I think Marilyn Manson like sounds almost perfect on on album. Um, but when it comes to translating these into live, it does strip it down a little bit and it becomes a little more bare. This guitar sounds like Nine Inch Nails guitar. It's just like compressed right. and big. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some, sometimes Marilyn Manson's backing band sounds a little samey. Yeah. And doesn't match mm-hmm. the dynamics of him. I'm not saying... Oh. I mean, like... Okay, keep in mind, I listen to the... The the golden age of grotesque on the way up here. Well, no, that's. <laughs> I, I I agree with you there. The first, these three albums, I think they're dynamic. I, uh, I would, no no the yeah. band's great on this, but they are also taking a lot from the bells and whistles of Trent Reznor. I would say that, and that <sighs> it definitely becomes exposed when they are played live without. But I think sort of the studio tricks. I think Mechanical Animals throws all that. Trent Reznor was nowhere nowhere near. No that yeah album. oh Trent, no Mechanical absolutely. Animals is like uh, almost a his pop album. I think Mechanical yeah. Animals show like or his I think Bowie a lot of this is Bowie album. Yeah. A lot of this album is Daisy Berkowitz, who soon left the he left the band after this album, but he was he was it was interesting because I felt like he wanted to be more of the goofball, spooky kids, right? But he was trying to do what they were doing with Trent Reznor, and he kind of sometimes sounds caught in the middle, which is where Twiggy Ramirez comes in and plays the majority. Like he wrote a shit ton of this stuff, absolutely, um, and he's a very talented guitar player I, I, and I, bass player. I. Uh, uh, un- unfortunate developments that were exposed years later d- disappoint me. At the time, he was like my favorite guy in this band. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the, the beautiful people. The way the way the irresponsible anthem stops, and then it has that and it it it's like you're falling into a pit, mm-hmm. and it's like you're fa- like this. Basically, this album sounds like you're falling through a labyrinth, um, and just like those drums kicking in, which is yeah, it's like the Gary Glitter drums, but then. The part where that always gets me is where it get uh, the 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 in between the right symbol the oh yeah but, but, but it, yeah exactly in between the yeah, verse and the yeah, chorus yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. hate every motherfucker that gets in my way that that's that that little middle part it's just uh, yeah yeah it gets me it's, no, a, it's it, a great track a great such a weird song to pick it's like it's catchy as hell but it's still a weird single oh yeah 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 I mean the end of the song has Rah! like that's a mm-hmm. But Very it's an bizarre. anthem, though. I mean, yeah. it really is. Uh, uh, so, track three, Tried Up, Died Up. Yeah, it uh, goes tied. into, like... This is one of the ones that feels wholly Trent Reznor, just yeah. as far as, like... But I love it, man. Yeah, this oh, song is, is so this dynamic. Song, now, this song, I liked it as a kid. It's one of my favorite songs now. Exactly. You Bingo. Can, yeah, it's just it it's really, really just. Cool. I'm like, oh, this song, this gets me. Like, like the, the way the drums, like the chorus to the bridge, like everything about this. But yeah, yeah. Steve was onto something. Yeah. Like, I, I I actually like Tourniquet more than this particular song, but now it's like way. That's the same. I think I might actually type this here. I I didn't, but it's true. Yeah. And just the you know. 
cake up on some makeup because you're just wasting time. Like yeah. that, I just. It's a great. Don't it's, you want some yeah. of this? I mean, it kind of yeah. like reminds me a little bit of all of the uh, the turns and and uh, that Ruiner takes a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it's one of those types of songs, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a solid track. Love, love, dried up, tied up. I, I love the lot. You, you take what cannot be given. You write what cannot be written. Pitch this tiny heart of mine. Wrap it in some soiled twine. You'll never reap what you've written. Like the towards the end, yes, for it it gets the rising action. Yes, and then the bass line. I'll be forever. Did you listen recently to the version of this on Remix and Repent? Uh, no. The live version of this is really good. Really, he really belts out those "I'll be your lovers" towards the end there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great song. I love that song. Yeah. And then, and then, like you're kind of like, well, how was that? That was like sex. <laughs> and then Tourniquet, which is this a great song, which is like a weird ballad, comes in. Tourniquet, yeah. Tourniquet has some like Smashing Pumpkins guitars. Sure. And uh, but it's a good, it's a great single. It's a great single. It, it was, was also it was yeah. also directed by the woman that directed Beautiful People. Right. It looked very similar. Gloria Sigismondi. Yeah, it's something. it's another warehouse with people just yeah. lying around and there's shit everywhere. But stuff I, gets sped up, stuff gets put down. Right. Fish eye. That's uh. Yep. You know. I did like this song a lot. I think it was because of the the presence of the bass and the. the this is a bass heavy album. Well, there's yeah. a great, there's a lot of great bass. Lines. There's a lot of groups. There's a lot of groups. Which actually places it right smack dab in the middle of the '90s. There was a lot of singles that had like a really cool bass mm-hmm. breakdown during the verses. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is good. It's not one of my favorites on the album. Not anymore. It but used I can to be see why me. it was a big yeah. single. I totally can. It really wasn't that big though. I mean, because I think yeah. like the singles on this record were "The Beautiful People," "Tourniquet," um, and so you're gonna think this is weird. "Cryptochid" was a single. I remember seeing really? there was there is a video Crypt for Dork- that. Yeah, yeah. Antichrist Superstar was a single. Antichrist Superstar was a single. Had a video that didn't come out for decades later, and then "Man That You Fear." Man that you fear. That's yeah. right. Yep. Which is his version of hurt on this record. Well, then so, what's after tourniquet? But uh, little no, horn. And oh, see, no, no, so hold on, hold on, hold on here. We're moving oh, too fast. Okay. okay. All right. See, I'm gonna that. say okay. So this album is broken up into th- four, three or four different yeah. cycles. It's, it's three different cycles. Okay. So uh, oh, it, it's and I'm the crazy one with my downward spiral. No, it's literally. Uh, no, it play. literally. If you look at it, liner notes. If you, if you go yeah. through the liner, the line, sure. by the way, the liner notes for this album, I poured over those like they were. War and Peace. Right. There was weird shit hidden in it. If you turned it upside down, you'd find something. There was stuff written up the side, stuff written in the middle. It was a... It was, it was a lot, There's a lot to dig through. Yeah, it was a puzzle. And so, like, the first four is Irresponsible Hate Anthem, Beautiful People, Dried Up, Tied Up, and Dead to the World, Tied and Dead to the World, Tourniquet, and then that's the first part. Second that's the part, Hierophant. Right. The second part 
is the inauguration of the worm. Right, there you go. Uh-huh. And that and starts with, uh, unless you had anything more to say on Tourniquet. I thought I had more to say on Tourniquet. The, there was the, uh, oh yeah, just <laughs> take, your, take your hatred out on me. Make yep. your victim my head. I always thought that, make your victim my head. It's always yeah. kind of just a cartoonish, cartoonish yeah. line. <laughs> I know, like, lyrically, uh, Marilyn Manson, like, sometimes there's no in-between. No, actually, you know? that's funny. He gets extremely, he never gets too deep, but he can get very, he can come up with some great metaphors. Sure. And then sometimes they just get away from him and they go way over there. I right, would right. say this album, though, <laughs> yeah. this album is damn mature compared to Portrait oh, yeah. American Family, as far as like, oh, it's good compared to it's a much more mature Portrait <laughs> American Family. This album, it's all it's you know it's like he you know, he discovered numerology and Nietzsche, right? You know, that's right. what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah he's not singing about you know rednecks fucking each other, right? <laughs> but then like if you go into his some of his later work, yep, and man. then like then there be dragons, sometimes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, zam zam zig is he's he basically yeah. becomes Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, with that. well they do a song together. Right, and they all. In addition to the one he does with Avril Lavigne, mm-hmm. Little Horn. What's the opening lyrics to that? That one. The devil's in the pussy mouth. This is the part of the album that I tend to, uh, why I don't feel it's a perfect album. I see. With the exception of one song, I love the middle section. Um, Crypto Chit, I like. Little Horn, I don't. Uh, it's okay. It's Come fun. on. The, okay, well, for one thing, Trent Reznor helped write this song. I don't know if it makes you like it more. Uh. <laughs> um, it's, it's, like, it's, his, uh, it's the no you don't of this album. No. How's that sound? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. But I'm only... Uh, someone get the dog to kick. Jaws wired shut to save the dick. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, there it's, you go. It, 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 the horn it, doesn't bother me. It, it, it's it's fine. The, 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 come on. The world spreads its legs for another star. The way that line... Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, fine. It's it fine. screamed. It definitely is... A, there's something... A lot of this album is like you're trying to summon some evil darkness from... The cave over there. No, I and get this it. Is, this is it. This is it's coming out of the cave. But the first four tracks are such bangers yeah. that this one just kind of like it's it's just on the pile, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm just you know not so high. On I will it, say just and maybe I haven't heard the right songs, but this album lets Marilyn Manson do his vocals over more like atmosphere. Sure. More than any of the other ones I've heard. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I think. But you're like right. Crypt Orc, yeah. Crypt Orc, like yeah. is like. Uh, all atmosphere and it's great. It's it's all, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's all so a Donovan good. Gacy song. Yeah, no, um, I love it. I love that last piece yeah. where you know it's just that uh, I don't know what it's keyboard, but I don't know what type of synth. But it's got yeah, it's got that on. like robot voice. Yeah, the guitar riff on Little it. Horn's awesome. You guys, yeah, I like no, little, I like fine. Little Horn. Little Horn is fine, but, but it's Crypto not like Chin. something I'm, I'm going to reach for. Well, yeah, the devil's in the pussy mouth. Yeah, Crypto Chid. Yeah, it's it's just got. For one, the video is absolutely nonsense. 
It is. It's it's basically just like black and white footage and yep. shadows and it's you episode know, eight of Twin Peaks. It's you know no. something <laughs> like a shadow of a bat. Um, think you're funny. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Uh, anyhow, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the song is a Madonna Wayne Gacy joint, and um, I think the band lost something when he became disenchanted with the band. Uh, he. His last album was the Golden Age of the Grotesque, and he didn't even show up for it. Marilyn Manson had to do all the keyboards, and that explains a lot about that album. Oh, it really does. Yeah, I know. Because uh, he he really the it, atmospherics. They didn't have he, Jordy, they didn't have. There's him, no atmosphere so. on that album. No, God no. It, uh, yet everything's done on a keyboard. <laughs> even like the guitar, I'm pretty sure Tim, was a keyboard. Jim Scold's on that album. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this song, the, the, the end part of this song, I've always loved. The the prick your finger, it is done. The moon will now eclipse the sun. Uh, what is it? The angel has spread its wings. wings. Time's time come for bitter things. Yep, yep. Each time I make my mother cry, an angel dies and falls from heaven. When a boy is still a worm, it's hard to learn the number seven. It's like the end of that great Melvin song, Skin Horse, where they got a chipmunk in, but it doesn't sound bad. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like a little like a little robot in the corner. Yeah. You know? it's, a, it's a great, great... And it's actually a really peaceful moment. Like when that... That line, when the little robot's singing its part, the little keyboard in the background is really peaceful. It's a little moment of a... Yeah. Solace in the whole mess. It goes on a deformography. Yeah, and deformography. I like this song. Yeah. yeah, I had to be reminded about which particular song this was. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I but actually it's do a like perfect, this one. It's a perfect yeah. like uh, follow up transition to, the last to one. Yeah. Chid. Yeah, it's almost well, kind of the same song. Well, you know who Kinda, wrote this? Yeah. Trent Reznor helped write this too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got those weird synths in the very beginning. Yeah, it does. You know? Covered in but bugs. The, but the whole, I fell into you and now I'm in a rut. That, that whole... Right. The, the, the lyrics... Uh, the whole... The lyrics are great. But then the... Uh, the line, the... I will bury your God in my warm spit. Yeah. You'll be deformed in your porn. I'm like, oh my God. This <laughs> sounds vile and evil. That's, I, I love it. It's all about, you know, it's, a good it, it's more about bringing the rock star out. Um, they do one part of it that I really like in the second verse where he's singing along the top. And they do that thing that I like that Trent Reznor does every once in a while where uh, he'll sing his line. And then in the back, there's another, Marilyn, another little Marilyn Manson singing at a different pace mm-hmm. where it's, uh, you know, yeah, your star is so sharp, it will leave a hole. And in the back, there's a... A little Marilyn Manson saying the same thing, but he sounds like a little goblin. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a great it's a great song. I do enjoy that song. The next one, however, Wormway. is the one I don't think. 
I mean, it has. I'm not crazy about Wormboy. And that's the one that I believe that uh, Daisy Berkowitz uh, was actually a big fan of. I and remember sometimes reading. Sometimes it sounds like it could have been a single. It's a Berkowitz Ramirez joint. Yeah. Doesn't do a lot for me. Right. There's some decent, there's some decent vocal work, but but uh, lyric wise or music wise, it's not in- terribly interesting. It's the beginning <laughs> piece of like, when you think you're in heaven. It's just very goofy, and you that's why think I think it belongs more on the Portrait of American Family mm-hmm. type era than sure. The, yeah, yeah. Warren Boy is not the Warren Boy is the only misstep in my opinion. Yeah. By the way, I know it's late. Let's not move too fast here. In deformography, we neglected to mention. The you are the one I want and what I want is so unreal. Right. The way it closes there, mm-hmm. that's great. It is great. And then it goes right into the nonsense of When will you realize you're <laughs> already there? So watered down, your feelings have turned to mud. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, maybe it's his version of The Trial from The Wall. And I like <laughs> the song The Trial, but it's not a Pink Floyd song, it's, you know? It's, it's not... It's a Rodgers and Hammerstein song. <laughs> <laughs> All hate will get you nowhere. Yeah. I could just picture, like, you know... Well, then... Okay, so, all right, all right, all right. Uh, that's... Uh, Warboy's not that good. But then you're kind of like, well, what did I just listen to? Yeah. And it gets quiet for a minute. And then the little... The opening little riffs of Mr. Superstar start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Superstar is a, a classic. That's the end of that piece, isn't it? Um, no. So Angel Scabwing starts the next sec- section. Is that no, right? the next section gets started by Antichrist Superstar. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I thought... So Mr. Superstar, Angel with the Scabwings, and Kinderfeld are all part yeah. of the same piece of Little Horn Crypto Chip? Yep. Fuck, I didn't realize that. That makes it's sense. It's not yeah. as bad as you thought. Yeah, it's not <laughs> as bad as I thought. I thought it ended with Worm Boy, to be honest with you. But that makes sense if it's only three pieces. But yeah, Mr. Superstar. It's a weird song about obsession. Right. It's got a weird romance to it. It's kind of from the... Like the album shifts perspectives a little bit. And sometimes the album's from the perspective of the guy after he became Donald Trump. (laughs) And then sometimes it's from the perspective of the person becoming. And then there's other ones where there are people observing. And in this one, this is definitely a person observing, you know... The uh, I know that I can turn you on. I wish I could just turn you offline. Right. That's a. I love the way that line is shouted. I love how it goes from a. The song kind of goes from a peaceful. That's not peaceful. 
But they really they it's it's down here and then they take it way up when they get to that that chorus. Right. Yeah. And uh, just the drums, the bop 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 bop. It's a Mr. Superstar and Angel with the Scab Wings. I think could be like one massive. They definitely they go right into each other. Yeah. Because the Mr. Superstar. Yeah. Towards the end of it, it gets louder and louder, and it starts. It gets more disintegrated. Right. And its wall of sound goes right into the. And the angel with the scab wings, where doom 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 <laughs> Dad is what he is and does what he does and something and something you're never gonna see because you're never gonna see I mean, him just, down to the rock and roll keyhole <laughs> just shredding those vocals yeah, like, he really they really you can he really gives a lot to this record like you know it what exhausts. I really like to see is like a like a making of documentary of this record yeah you well know? they were all on drugs Oh, and they that's why I would love to see it. Nine Inch Nails is on drugs. Yeah. Apparently Trent Reznor was more of an asshole than usual in this album. Right. Like, he smashed up Daisy Berkowitz's first guitar. It's part of the reason Daisy Berkowitz left, apparently. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize that information. That story's been told from a, f- a few different points of view, so I think it's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, they would... It's like, sleep- you think that's guitar music? Yeah, exactly. Guitar. Sleep deprivation. <laughs> they would stay up for days. Um, they got messed up. And this album sounds messed up. No, there's no way. So this is a record I don't think sober people could have made. But it sounds so like. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's focused, right? Yeah, it's yeah, focused. It's which not means like that un- it's not a complete acid casualty, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. like an unlistenable mess. Like I yeah. feel that it's a pretty cohesive album. Yeah. that really hangs yeah, together. It, it knows what it wants yeah. to do. Yeah. Mr. Superstar has a hell of a bass line too. There's a lot of boo. A lot of the ba- yeah, yeah. Some of the bass lines oh, is taken for a lot. Uh, well, we're not there yet. We're doing we a little bit of Mr. The, Superstar. When minute of decay, I'll talk about a bass line. Yeah, it does have a bass line. Yeah. So yeah, those Mr. Superstar into Angels of Scab Wings, you get exo- like it's a you, you it's a, some rising action, a lot of screaming, and you're like, whoa. All right. Rock and roll. And then you stores, get yeah. And then the you get into Kinderfeld. Kinderfed. Kinderfeld, which yeah. is a song that I didn't think much of growing up, but now I love. And maybe so I have more of a mature ear. This is the song that he would bring the stilts out for. Yes, live. this is cool. This is yeah. like a real sludgy sound to it. I like it. Yeah, the, like he would have like the microphone like helmet yeah. thing, yeah. and then he would be walking around the stage like with on stilts, sure. like the uh, X Files. Uh, just the way that yeah. th- this is a uh, Ramirez and Gacy joint, mm-hmm. but the the drum the boom boom. Boom, 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 and there's this weird staticky radio sound that starts going throughout the whole thing yeah. as it starts, yeah. and uh, that bass, boom, 
down, 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 down. And uh, it's just a dark song. And uh, the whole, the whole kneeling on broomsticks thing. If you read his book, he made yeah. the claim that his grandpa never abused him, but he would go to his down in the basement, and his grandpa would dress up like a woman, and the play with trains or something. Play with trains, yeah. And maybe made Marilyn Man- Brian Warner kneel on broomsticks. But I don't know. Yeah, and it's, like it's, I guess he he went out of his way to say, sex toys. Yeah, he went out of his like way that. to say his grandpa never abused him, but he made him like. He was just a funky dude. Yeah, yeah, and the whole kneeling on broomsticks thing. That's uh, what we're like, and the but with all that darkness going on, then it has that weird vocal. Then I got my wings. That whole right. yeah, it's, it's just cool so song. disturbing. I mean, and like narratively, really well, I'm sure this is basically the character then deciding like this is kind of the transition point yeah. to becoming who he is. Yeah. Uh, the, I would but say, the, like, it, there was a definite, like, sweet spot in the 90s where there was, like, the serial killer character that was done in, like, like just, like, looking at the pastiche, like, you had, like, Seven, you had Downward Spiral, you had Natural Born Killers, you had this, it all kind of fit into a <laughs> California with a K. <laughs> I got, there's there so was, many. like, a 90s, yeah, yeah, like, thing, I and I would say this fit into that. Very well. There, um, when I was listening to this album again, I can't remember the last time I gave it a deep dive. Like every few years I go through a Marilyn Manson thing. We both do because usually yeah. we text each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, we're doing a deep dive. Listen to all the albums again. Yeah. But this album, Kinderfell is one of the ones where like, there's a few songs in this album where I'm listening to it with headphones and like I just start air drumming to it and yeah. I can't help it. Like, yeah. Antichrist Superstar, like the title track's one of them. <sighs> but uh, yeah, the, the end of the song where, you know, this is what this is what you should fear. You are what you should fear. As definitely was like, well, I'm going to become the doom bringer, right? And it goes, it it, uh, it, it, it he starts saying that, and then it lets this the sound echo. I can't really explain what it is. It echoes off, and then you hear the uh, it's like a crowd, it's like a crowd talking, right? And then uh, it builds a little bit. And then da 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 And then da 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 And yeah. the title track off this album is the most fucked up like anthem song I've ever listened to in my life. Absolutely.
it's it's and it, when you see him live, it's he, he still does it to this day. He did it last time I saw him. Like gets forward. the podium out, gets the podium out, starts but ripping it's such, up the Bible. It's such good theater. Yeah, it's it's great, and uh, yeah, yeah, just the the it, it definitely. It's a, it's it's absolutely an all time classic. Yeah, in his catalog, uh, like this particular part of the album, it's like a, everything else is just like candy for me. Like I just oh, this love is the rest of this album. Yeah, they're, they're, the album's been good until this point. Yeah, the rest but now is it great. becomes yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it gets yeah. to all timer status. Talk about nailing the landing, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah, nothing's bad up until now, but it just gets great going on. Absolutely. Yeah. The song Antichrist Superstar is one of my favorite all-time songs, uh, period. Not just in his catalog. Mm, that's, but a, that's, a good, that's a bold statement. I mean, it's it's a great song. I'm going to say that about another song, and you know which one it is. Oh, I, I, there's, oh, I know exactly which one. Oh. That one is like... I get jazzed just thinking about it. I wonder uh, if it's the same one I'm thinking of. It's going to we'll be. Out. It, uh, maybe. But no, uh, this, this, this song is... It's so weird because it does exactly what it wants to do, which is... This person has this is there's a dictator here. Yeah. And you made him happen. This reminds me of the president all the time. And uh, but at the same time, it's a weird groovy song. Like the bass line is it, it's the same. There's there's the sound of like people falling like do 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 you know that that sound yeah, yeah, effect yeah. going on. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, the do 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 yeah. And really disturbing at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to say something when we touch on his later albums that you may not like me very much after I say it, but I will say every song on this album, the band still matters. The band is still playing a very important part, even though Trent's adding bells and whistles mm-hmm. on top of everything. The band still matters. Oh, this is another. They're every a tight, they're a tight yeah. band on this album. Oh, yeah. Trent Reznor made. I think they, they have this album. Mechanical Animals and Hollywood, they hang together as a band. Mm. After that, it becomes yeah. become uh, like oh, it becomes Marilyn duo. Manson. After that, it becomes a Marilyn Manson either Tim Scold uh, show, <laughs> and then after that, it just becomes a Marilyn Manson. No, that, that, anybody would say that they used to. Yeah. They were a band back then. Yep, and then they became a guy in rotating cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but they, you know this song. This they're, they're they're lockstep on this song. It's a jam. Yeah, it was in 1996. 1996 it's is just a burn burner. It's kind of like an irresponsible yeah. hands in part two. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I love it. I do love actually it. get this con- confused with irresponsible hate at Anthem. The, 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 the riff on this song is so good. And uh, basically, yeah, it's he builds everybody up, and this is kind of like the riot after whatever kind of thing yeah. they're at, you know. And some of the, this is where this is the, the Marilyn Man, like the whole song is just him saying like I'm anti this, list. Yeah. I'm anti this, I'm anti yeah. that, I'm anti this, I'm anti that, and it kind of set like it actually reminds me of the present. Like if you're against everything, then you don't stand for anything, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, the the one line that really, re- really gets me, 
and he this is actually this 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 song is full of great Marilyn Manson lyrics. Is a uh, anti money and anti hate, anti things I fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I've, but the, the chorus of the anti people now you've gone too far. Yeah. It gets very big sounding, yes. and that riff is up there with the best of them. Yeah. No, you're right because uh, sometimes the uh, the lyrics, um, the uh, verses sound like it was recorded in a garage, but then mm-hmm. the rest of it sounds like it was recorded in an arena. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Definitely. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. The production is. A plus on this whole thing. Yeah. Just just so perfectly mm-hmm. realized. And that song was a uh, that's that song was all Twiggy Ramirez. Not a surprise. He's the, yeah, he's the, 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 the He's kind of the backbone of this, but like musically I mean lyrically Marilyn Manson's doing everything, but uh vocal or uh, musically Daisy Berkowitz has some moments that Right, but uh, Jordy there, White is But Jordy White's usually and he also he's right. the straight ahead rocker. Yeah. Um Minute of Decay is badass. Now, Minute of Decay, that's a good song. I've, it never, I've, I've never disliked it. It's always kind of... But As a bass player, I'm just like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I wish I was just thumping those It's probably the most... Uh, <laughs> it's probably... It's probably the least... It's, 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 it's probably the least cynical song on the album. Emotional without being antagonistic. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's definitely a needed breather between those two songs and then the next one. It's yeah. a, you got you got to take a second. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like it. I, I do. I like the ending of it a lot when he's you know very screaming, uh, you know screaming a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bass. Oh yeah. The whole song. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different like it's very minimal in terms of its production value, um, but I, that's exactly what they're going. Yeah, for. Yeah, they, they needed you know, to have they something. Needed to strip it down. Something needed. You need. We need the listeners to have a moment to breathe. Yeah. Um, because they will then be assaulted with one of the best songs ever, which written. is the, the best song, <laughs> "The Reflecting God." Probably hundred percent. Probably Marilyn Manson's wow. favorite song, best song. Um, and then Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor helped write it. Yeah. And I would say Danny that, Lunder played guitar on it, right? Yes. Whatever is going on in the song, I need more. Played acoustic guitar, right? I, I'd is say unbelievable. It might be so in our top ten is cluttered, 
the top 20 Trent Reznor songs is definitely in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. No, the this, Reflecting God, like, honestly. As much as it is the high water mark. me into this, as in the later age, well, as soon as I heard Reflecting God for the first time, <laughs> God damn, was that when I was driving you home from, <laughs> for that weird night we went out drinking with friends and then we watched UFC? <laughs> then I drove you home and you put on Reflecting God and I was like, yep. fuck. Because that was right after I got this album. That was, just, that was like then, two years. That was within the last two years. Yeah, and I probably listened to that song about ten yeah. times. I mean, then. yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Eric this and I went a, out to one of the Conor McGregor fights or something. Yeah, that's right. We ended up in Sacramento at Goldfields. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one of the songs that if I hadn't heard in like ten years, I could uh, know if I heard word. again. I know every word. You know every beat. The 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 way it starts. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and actually, and I love how. It starts. It starts with nothing. I like it. Yeah, like so your world is an ashtray. I like how there's no music right there. Right. And yeah. then the beat kicks in, and the, we burn and coil like cigarettes. The more you cry, your ashes turn to mud. That's yep. some good imagery. Oh yeah. And then there's that. It's just yeah. something. The production on this particular song alone is almost. It's like, a. It's it's a. It's an opus. It's, it, it, it could carry an entire album. But yeah. It, but the, there's so much. But other the way the way the song builds, so it starts there, and then it gets into the chorus, which is the, I went to God just to see, and it's kind of anthemic, and I was looking at me, yeah, saw heaven and hell were lies. When I'm God, everyone dies, and it goes in the dun 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 the scar scar. Can you feel my power? But you know, like Shoot now, yeah. and then like another really amazing fucking piece of this particular song is when it like it sounds like it's in a live setting. Yeah, they go back yeah, to the go audience. Acoustic. Yeah, and yeah, then no, they, 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 exactly. Toward, they go, they go, through, yeah. and then they it go, explodes again. Yeah. And you go through, you go through this a few times, and then and then <laughs> I went to and it's the, the acoustic part. Yeah, and and then uh, but then. I'm thinking no, but before I'm thinking of it. Before that though, is the part where it goes no salvation. No, oh, the drums towards the end. They got the drums that go from each where it sounds like a chase scene. Yeah, this is beyond your. This is beyond your experience. So good. And then yeah, that live little interlude, and then it just this is beyond your experience. That's right. Shoot. Yeah. Now when you feel it, it goes and does that dun dun. Dun, 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 dun. This song has like four different sections in it. It really and does. And each one is an all timer. Yeah. Uh, this is why it's one of the greatest songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not only in his catalog, but it just. If, you're, I, you're, if you're sleeping on Marilyn Manson, you're just. You're doing yourself a disservice. The Reflecting God is song. worth seeking out. Just that song. Um, yeah. Yeah. In my notes here, I always write little notes when we do these track by track ones. And I just put that riff, that riff, my God. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then, at the very end where it blows up big time, it goes in. And this is the man that you fear.
and that you and it's a perfect ending. Yeah, they stick the landing so hard it's ridiculous. Everybody gets off the plane okay when they land this this plane. I know it's true. It's, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely true. That's it's a good the man that you fear like, is a great silly. Just knew what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bird bird strike. You know, absolutely. The man that oh. you fear is a so good. It's it's kind of a ballad. Kind of, it's not, I mean... It's, it's his it's version a soft of her. Song. It's a hurt. It's like her. It's his, it's his hurt. And it has Trent Reznor on the Rhodes piano yeah. on it, which I've always liked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, I, I did, did... We talked about it. Did you guys watch the video? Uh, yeah, I've seen the video I don't so know if, many times. I've had it to memory. The video is so weird. And I don't know if the video is supposed to be exactly what happens in the album, but it's basically like the lottery. Yeah. And it's filmed like a Jordowski movie. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in a trailer, and they... Pull him out of the trailer and they lead him somewhere. And do they stone him? They stone him. Yeah, they're all gonna stone him. But yeah. it's all it's all it's in a, a trailer park in the desert somewhere. It's um, like a community that uh, they have a ritual that one of them has to be sacrificed for whatever reason. And it is based off a of Shirley Jackson short story called The Lottery. And uh, so they 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 primp him up, and you know he's got his his wife there, and it looks like she's pregnant. And at the end of the the song. Uh, you know, we don't see like the audience stone him, but like we see like a child like pick up a stone mm-hmm. and getting ready to throw, and then that's what just it, uh, the camera swoops up skyward, and then we assume that smash everyone... cut to Starfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's a solid song. It's a great song. It's yeah. a good. It's a I good. Love it. No, it's a good. Is the album good? That the yeah. piano is good. The uh... it's really too bad Johnny Cash couldn't have covered this. One. Yeah, I gotta do a good job of it. But the uh... no, this is like a. This is definitely like a Ziggy Stardust from Hell. It def- he's definitely going from start for his, to finish. He's and, going. He's and this is definitely his rock and roll suicide. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, and uh, yep. I've always, when I was younger and more like the, I'm sorry, when I was a malcontent growing up, the line "the boy that you loved is the man that you fear." Sometimes when I was arguing with my parents or just people, I'd, I'd really connect with that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's a it's a good song. And it's a very emotional it's, song, and I love it. It's um, great, it's a, good production. It's the whole album. The production of the album is great. Yeah, but this is definitely the choice of the piano and the almost low esque synths kind of towards the end of this. Yeah, right. In the background, yeah, work really well together. Yep. I would give this particular album a nine out of nine. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. nine out of nine. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Maybe eight point seven five if I'm feeling cranky. When I, when most, I was, it, it, it's a nine out of nine. When I was texting the boys, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a hot take. And Mark, so you gonna say it's better than Downward Spiral? I was like, I don't. Some days, and they're 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 two sides of the same coin. They're both. I can't really I good. can't go there, but I will I will I will equate it to Downward Spiral as far as what they were trying to accomplish yeah. and what they accomplished. It's if I gave Downward Spiral a nine, I'll give this a nine. Well, the thing is, like, the, uh, so Downward Spiral was ninety four. This was ninety six, and since Trent Reznor had such a heavy hand in this album, I, he learned a lot between obviously Good recording point. Downward yeah. Spiral. Yeah. So, like, I remember when we were reviewed Downward Spiral, we didn't give it a nine out of nine. I didn't. I, did. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, and I so, I like, yeah. I think this is certainly like him learning some from his mistakes on Downward Spiral. And potentially then projecting it on to uh, don't go down the path I did and make don't, the same mistakes. Don't do big man with the guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even though Worm Boy probably... Uh, Worm Boy's not nearly as bad. I can listen but it to just, him. I breeze through Worm Boy. Yeah. It's just still, it's fine. It, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But it's not like Big Man with a Gun where it's just like... Cringeworthy. Throw a yeah. yeah. So... It doesn't, do, doesn't do anything. This album's great. It still holds up. You can never... It's timeless. It's the definition of a timeless record. For one, 
they travel time in it. But two, when you listen to it, you can't tell when it was recorded. It does not sound dated at all. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, Let's take a quick three-minute break, and then we'll cover the rest of his years at nothing and go home. All right, we'll be right back. So, um, that's Antichrist Superstar. And by the way, if you guys get a chance, go on YouTube and type Marilyn Manson Antichrist Superstar pre-Resoner mix. And Daisy Berkowitz, a few years ago, before he died, by the way, rest in peace, Scott Puteski, um, he put out the the demo of Antichrist Superstar before Trent Reznor got his hands on it. And it's definitely, you can hear the band in transition between Portrait of American Family and uh, Antichrist Superstar. It's, uh, it's a lot more stripped back. Obviously, it's demos. But the sequencing, like there's two different... Man That You Fear is a reoccurring song on it. And um, it has a lot less to do with the whole dictatorship kind of aspect of things. It's worth checking out. And it also has an early version of the song, The Panoramic View of the End Times, which was a, a single right. later. A couple of other singles worth hunting down from that era, not, or not singles, but uh, songs that came out in like various soundtracks is... Obviously, the Lost Highway stuff, which was on Nothing Records, which is the Apple of Sodom, and I put the spell on you. But also on the Spawn soundtrack, which we all own. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was Long, good. Hard Road Out of Hell. Yes, yeah. long which great. doesn't sound like they contributed anything. No, she sings on that like, song. Like Mary, the, that's, that's it. That part, okay, well, whatever. Well, that song was written. The, uh, electronic uh, drum backup, I assume, is their is them. Okay, that song was written during that era. That's a good song. It's a good and song. A song. The name of his autobiography. Yeah. A song that's, that's from right. a movie that Mark and I saw in the theater together that I love. Off the private part soundtrack is Suck Your Solution. That's right. Which is also a good song. That is, yeah. But, I forgot about that. God damn it. Yeah. But the astonishing uh, panoramic to the end of times, that appeared on the... Last Tour on Earth. Which was for Marilyn, uh, for the Mechanical Animals live album, right? Yes, that was a live album. It was Last Tour on Earth. And it was also in the Celebrity Deathmatch. Yes, it's on both those things. Right, yeah. Um, that's a good song, too. And um, the, in the midst of all this... They're like the biggest band out there. And I really respect... They, they were like, well, we like David Bowie a lot, as you can tell. So let's just change our whole image. And they put out Mechanical Animals, which is a super glam album. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I don't think I ever disliked... Like, I was just like, whoa, this is what they're doing now? Um, and at the time, I loved it. I didn't think it was better than Antichrist Superstar. No. But as I reflect back upon it, it's a really solid rock album. Yep. And great songwriting... Great production. Trent Reznor was nowhere to be seen. It was a uh, Sean Bevan, Bevan. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, Michael Beinhorn, who was more of a big name producer. Sean Bevan, by the way, did a lot of stuff with Nine Inch Nails. Did some remixes. Did some mixing here and there. And also, I found out 
he was in the original Nine Nails album, but also played fretless bass on I Had the Time of My Life, that Dirty Dancing song. Oh, he really? was a studio session for that. <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, Mechanical Animals, very glammy. Uh, Zimzum, who we haven't mentioned at all. Right, I know. <laughs> Zimzum got implanted after Antichrist Superstar and then helped record Mechanical Animals and then left or was kicked out of the band before Mechanical Animals came out. That's right. And then John John Lowry, John Five, joined the band. Yep. John Five was named by Marilyn Manson because he was into numerology at the time. Yep. Um, He actually tried out for the band when Zimzum did and missed it by one phone call. Uh, Mechanical Animals at the time, I was a big fan of it. Yep. Mark was as well. How do you feel about this album, Eric? As 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 a later fan and only brought in from Antichrist Superstar, um, uh, Hollywood. Which I listen to next. Does that happen next? Yes, it does. Chronologically. Uh, a lot of really good songs. Chunky production. That's... In, we're that's talking, that's we're talking about Mechanical, mechanical animals. animals. Oh, I thought... Okay. Yeah. I asked you, how do you feel about Mechanical, mechanical Animals? Mechanical Animals came before Hollywood. Oh, it did? It did. Sorry, oh, buddy. God. Did you listen to Mechanical really? Animals? Interesting. I did. Okay. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I, no, I, I actually... Oh, you got him out of order. Actually, Hollywood, Hollywood was next. I did. If sonically, you would think it was next. I would. Because sonically, it's dark. I would think it was And that was, that was part of the whole thing was that because Hollywood actually, was his... Because like, a lot of people were like, what? Marilyn Manson's not walking around on stilts as much anymore? Yep. You know? And then when they went to Hollywood, they're like, hey, man, I th- he's got the eyeliner back out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mechanical Animals, um, I really enjoy... Um, I. Do think it's totally a Bowie album? Oh, it's, it definitely it's, is. Uh, it's. I mean, the 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 it's it tells the story of Omo Omega and the Mechanical Animals, right? David, uh, you know, uh, Ziggy Stardust and Spider Some Rats. I actually listened past Mechanical Animals in Hollywood, and he goes into a pop place where the band doesn't matter, but the yeah. band still matters in that album. They matter and, a lot of Mechanical Animals. Oh fuck! Oh, yeah. uh, the drugs don't like me, or the, the drugs I like, don't like yeah, me. I don't like, like the, the drugs. drugs the drugs, drugs like, like me. Yeah. Holy fuck! That song is so good. Well, even yeah. the, the opener. Like, uh, yeah. Great big right, and this is this is a funny little. Uh, back in high school, so so we had these. What were they called? The musical intro. Thing? Musical intros. Musical intros. Yeah. Where a teacher would say, "Hey, play a song that means something to you, so I can kill some time in class." Yeah, and explain. So it. I could check. We talked about we talked about some yeah. of ours earlier. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I caught wind that some kid in the class behind us played Annie Christ Superstar title track and scared the shit out of everybody and was giving Marilyn Manson a bad name. Yeah, and I was like, God damn it. He's, he's ruining the good work we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Because so, we were trying to spread the word. So I I was a TA for a history class. There was another session for the same kid. And I was like, um, I know I'm not really in this class, but I'd like to do a uh, musical intro. And I did The Great Big White World. And I was like, this song is about how numb we are. Marilyn Manson cares. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a great song. It is a great song. The, the, I love uh, "Great Big Right World." I love the song "Mechanical Animals." Um, the Dope Show is a great single. It is. It is. The Dope. The the in the Great Big White World, the guitar sonic blast towards the end. You know what I'm talking about? The wow, 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 yeah, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. In the Dope Show, the fucking guitar towards the during the last chorus yeah it's a barn burner yeah it's a, it's a goddamn guitar work in this album's great and it's mostly Zimzum John 5 came and did a great live oh he did they probably yeah. couldn't have picked a better guy to come in and just be like okay I'm a session player so I'm gonna play this stuff Absolutely. and I'm gonna also turn it up to 11 yeah um, that's a great album and then it's a rocking album it's very sonic. It's got touches of Pink Floyd in it mm-hmm. with uh, the speed of pain Ooh, and stuff. Yeah, you see? Totally. I'm getting you. Yeah. Bring it up. 
It's also uh, got glimpses of where he wanted to go pop-wise. Yes, definitely does. But he still had a band making it a little bit more street level. These are why like these records are the best records yeah. of his entire career mm-hmm. because it was very much a democracy at this mm-hmm. point, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, Twiggy Ramirez helped write a lot of this shit. Yeah. Um and then Madonna Wayne Gacy's keyboard flourishes are all over the place. This one has a lot less layered bug shit and just more cool sonic keyboards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's yeah. Ba- it's their basic production it's, is yeah. cannot be more different than anti No, that couldn't be more. But it's I still very, liked it a lot. No, it's yeah. very slick. It's just the electronics are like, oh, there's a keyboard player up there. Instead of, oh, I'm buried in sounds. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, actually, uh, another great uh, ballad closer. Coma White's a great song to close on. <sighs> Fantastic. You know? Yeah. The lyrics are kind of, you know, a pill to make you nut. It's very... At uh, that the, point... There's no metaphor there, but... <laughs> yeah, and he started to then dabble into the JFK thing a little bit yeah. because the video had him and Rose McGowan, who he was... Uh, Dating at the time. They were actually engaged for a yeah, while. I saw, they, I yeah, I saw Jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so that's kind of like it was very obviously uh, influenced by the whole JFK assassination. And then that propels you right into Hollywood, which is all about, you know, guns, God, God and government. And uh, which is cool. We're going to go. We're going to go Hollywood in one second. I just want to a couple of other things in this album. Uh, Dave Navarro played on. I don't like the drugs or the drugs mm-hmm. like me. Doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah. Uh, Rose McGowan's vocals were actually on Post Human. Yeah. Which is not right song. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. I didn't revisit Mechanical Animals for this project, but... Uh, You're going to probably after we're done. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely in the mood. I, en- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so you listen to Hollywood again? Yep. So Hollywood, a few months ago, I told... told I asked, I said, Eric, you should check this album out. Um, and... Mark's always claimed it's his favorite for the last few years. Yeah. And at the time when it came out, yeah, the, you know, we had the, the Antichrist Superstar was the big to-do. And the Mechanical Animals, they did an about-face. And then Holy, it still sold great. It sold, Dope Show's their biggest selling single. Yeah. For whatever sing, singles are worth. But, you know, some of the, some of the fan base was kind of like, but where's the darkness, man? Yeah. And uh, so they, they, took, they took the clean songwriting skills of Mechanical Animals... And they took the grime of Antichrist Superstar. Didn't get as grimy, but then you have Hollywood. Yeah. And, um, well, it's just a solid record. It I is. can't think of really, even the noise songs on Hollywood are great. Target like, audience. I mean, there's so many bangers on that fucking I mean, it opens album. up with that weird, like, it sounds like someone's, uh, getting led down a hallway into a jail or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a gate slides open. Right. Gotti God. Goddy God, yeah. Yeah, God, I mean, be knuckles down. There's a few songs on there that, like, there's, like, the love song, the fight song. Um, Those are great. Yeah, they're they're fine. I mean, they're definitely more of, like, these are ready for radio. But they're Um, great radio songs. Oh, they're fine, yeah. Do you love your guns, God, and government? Yeah. I believe he sings that right after his Antichrist Superstar was live. Right. I mean... one of the best live shows that I've seen was that tour in San, uh, Jose. San Jose. It was fantastic. I remember during the Nobodies, he starts like rising up, like he's on like he's not on stilts. It's like the whole stage starts rising underneath him, and he's like twelve feet tall. It's unfucking real, and it, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Apparently, he spent three weeks in the attic by himself. Okay, dreaming things up. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most collaborative album, I think. I think that... Because uh, John 5 
was there for the start, and he didn't get kicked out. Yeah. So, <laughs> it the, up to these albums, like the guitar players, like getting booted right before the albums all come out. And so he was there. Twiggy Ramirez was there. Madonna Gacy was there. They all wrote a lot together. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounded like a, a, a tight band, and they are like radio. Like yeah, the love the the fight song is da 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 da. It's pretty. It, it's pretty radio friendly. Right. But you know what song? Which is there, there's that motif of the the songs, the love song. No, no, I'm sorry. The the death song. The death song. The death song yeah. is great. Yeah, it sounds like Trampled Underfoot by uh, Led Zeppelin a little bit. Does it? I think that's the one that I'm thinking of, yeah. Or um, on a dun a, Yep, because it sounds like it has John Bonham drums. Right. We're and on a bullet and we're headed straight like for this, God. Like, uh, I synth, saw something yeah. on the something for TV. We sing the death song. Yep, it's great. And because it has a little bit of that, you know, like uh, I can see little, that. little synth <laughs> things. I mean, then, I made it sound like the Star Wars Cantina So those, band. those are great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what song was a great, a great single, though? It was like an anti-single was The Nobodies. Yeah, Which is a great it. song. It has that it. creepy-ass, like, <laughs> what, what, what kind of key instrument is that? I have no idea, but like... Is that uh, a timpani? What is that? Uh, the timpani's a drum, I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, timpani's a drum. <laughs> what? The, <laughs> the Mellotron? Or, Mellotron, yeah. Yeah. I don't like know. But I don't nobody's know, is a really weird single. Thurman, yeah. And then also, uh, not a single, but a song that I love is uh, Lamb of God. Yep. It's a great song. Yep. The whole, that's why I think Hollywood is a solid record. And then, from then start but then, to finish. like, these are all very melodic, it's but then very there's very dynamic. Like, there's, there's some chunky ass songs on there, and there's a, In the Shadow of the Valley of Death. Like, you know. I know, but still, it's, it's there's, a no, solid. There's some crazy so, guitars. As a, as a less than semi fan, listening to these three, yeah, 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 I do like Antichrist the best because I just love the the Trent Reznor influence. Sure, I mean, and it's there. That's it, and yeah. and that's that's they're a, not even talking by this point, by the way. And that's a cheat. Not that, that's a total cheat. I did. They're fighting. Part, part of yeah. me wants to like Mechanical Animals a little bit more than Hollywood, because you could tell. Marilyn Manson was all about just being this weird pop star, mm-hmm. and that was a pop album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a very well made pop album, yeah, like very structured. And he would make yeah. other pop albums that weren't as good because there was no band, yeah. right? So that's why that's a, a really good one. Yeah, and they toured with Hole in the Celebrity Skin. So like uh, during the Mechanical Animals yeah. era, so, yeah, she so, came out. They came to Arco, and I think she said this everywhere. She was but, talking some shit on Trent Reznor, I'll tell you that. But, to, but I don't remember that part of it. At, at the Arco show? Absolutely. What'd she say? I can't remember it specifically, but she was just like... She had some things to say. She always has. Yeah. They didn't like last too long on that tour because... Oh, you know, surprise, surprise. Right. Like They were fighting over financial uh, shit. But she, she, uh, she claimed... She probably said this everywhere... She probably found a nearby, nearby town, she, you know. Mm-hmm. She claims she lost her virginity in my town. I live in now Auburn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? I don't. <laughs> she did. <laughs> they were all right. Cole had like five good songs. I never was a fan. Yeah. I never was a fan of Courtney Love. Um, but uh, Hollywood is very good. And uh, the chunky production helps because it, it's... I don't think the production is as good as... It's got Eric's Christ boy... From Bark Market, David Sardi. Dave Sardi does David, some programming on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. it's got a great sound to it. Um, 
And so Marilyn Manson obviously went on to release a few more records under the Nothing Channel. No, just, just one more. Sure. So these three albums are great. You're right. They are classics. Yeah. This is where we all. This is where this is where Marilyn and I parted ways for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a happy ending to this story, but man, so Golden Age of the Grotesque comes out, and when it came out, also all three of us are about the same age, and Eric wasn't too caring about it anyways. Right. But Mark and I were both like, well, we're all hanging out at this point, in 2003. Yeah. 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 We're working yeah, we're together. Roommates. Yeah. And yeah. I get a promo for Golden Age of the Grotesque. I'm like, oh, Marilyn Manson. This used to be Mark and I's favorite band. And I put it on, I'm like, I was what I, I, is this? <laughs> yeah, it was so goddamn generic. Very I hated generic. It. I hated uh, it. Uh, and I, I had no problem with Tim Scold up to this no, point. No, well, no, nah, this is actually when he was ruining KMFDM too. Because think about it. Uh, KMFDM <laughs> at this point became M- MBFMK for an album. Yep. Which is terrible. Yep. I gave that a shot a few weeks ago. Yep. My God. I, I know, <laughs> man. I hear you. And then when KMFDM came back, after that album, they weren't as good anymore. And so that Tim Skold had everything to do with that. And then he went and joined Marilyn Manson, um, pushed his Twiggy out of the band. Twiggy was like the heart of the heart and soul. Yep. And um, It became so empty. It just became very empty. Yeah. And this album, the last album on nothing, it's very early pro early aughts Pro Tools production. Yeah. Um, All the instruments sound like they were done on a yeah. keyboard. Yeah. The Madonna and, and I, Gacy wanted and I'm, to do with it. And I am song. the last person to complain about an all synth production. No, but it doesn't sound good. I remember seeing like a... There's no depth to it. There's no, no dynamism. No. So um, during this part, um, Marilyn Manson was also really into kind of like the uh, the 1920s, like vaudeville yeah. shit. So he looked like someone from Peaky Blinders. But the, while <laughs> all of the other rest of the band looked like they were but, the Aryan Nation. But unfortunately... Yeah, you're right. They were all blonde. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> that only happens like three... If they would have had the 1920s theme throughout the whole thing, it would have been better. Right. Instead, because that one, the title track... That's what I was going to say. The yeah. the opening and the end kind of have like a... They sound like Bioshock. Sure. That's fun. That's fun. And then the title track, which I showed you when we lived together. Right. We went to Ernesto's one day, and I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Because I was like, Marilyn Manson, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but this song sounds like Tom Waits to me. You know, we're like, oh, that's pretty, that, that's like. Uh, uh, I know exactly what song you're talking yeah, about. It's, yeah, it's the title track. It's yeah. the only song we're yeah, playing. Yeah, right. And, uh, Golden Age of Grotesque. That's, that's a good remember. song on there. I kind of like the new shit, but it's not a good song. Right. It doesn't the, seem like. It seems like something like you would find from like Disturbed or something. Exactly. Fucking the, new, the new shit's the only. But it, listen, the name of it's the new shit. Yeah. And he claims that, like, you know, this is me trying to pretend I'm like Missy Elliott or something. I'm like, e, but yeah. you were. It's yeah. just, it's not yeah. good. Yeah. It's bad. It was a big misstep. And then it only gets worse from there. So then, and then, okay, so that's the end of Nothing Records-ish in yeah, 2005? I, well, well there was a big problem with John Malm right. and Trent Reznor, which ended. Okay, hold on. Right? That's right. Let me just finish. Well, there's Maryland. that, and then basically all the corporate stuff that <laughs> was happening in Universal. Okay. Point. Let me just finish talking about Real Manson, then we'll do that, and we'll, we'll be done. <laughs> so, let me, let me just, I can rattle them off. I, I know the story of each one of them. It's just terrible. So, Marilyn Manson leaves nothing, or nothing leaves Mar- the world. Yeah. And so then... Fucking, uh, it's not as bad, and I'm sorry about all the F-words I'm using, but still. It's, I, 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 I bought this album when it came out. Uh, what the hell was the next one? Eat Me, Drink Me? Eat Me, Drink Me. Good God. And that was when he was dating uh, Evan Rachel Wood? Uh, or did she break up with him? No, they were, they were together okay. because uh, she uh, was in the video for Heart Shape. So here's classes. what happened, is that Dina Von Teese dumped him. 
And they wrote Eat, Eat Me, Drink Me. That's right. Because apparently... And that's when he started dating her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But apparently Golden Age Grotesque was supposed to be his final album, but his heartbreak was so bad oh. from Dita Von Teese, he had to make yeah. sure. Eat Me, Drink Me. Sure. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous record. It was he, so fucking bad. It's only... Yeah. That album's just him and Skold. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that's it is. It. That is that's, just that's him it. and Skold. I'll give, I'll give it... I'll give it Heartbreak sunglasses is an okay single. No heart shape. Heart shape. Yeah. It's, it's an okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds it sounds like he was trying to do it. He sounds like he was trying to be the killers. But then like the next. Oh yeah, totally. And then yep. the next record was high end of the low. The high end of the low. Things got a little better. It's they a got long rid- record, but it's too fucking long. But I think they got rid Twiggy of, came back though. Yeah, they got rid of uh, Tim Scold. Oh, Tim Scold. Where is he now? Uh, who cares? Uh, he was. Yeah. He did some work with Ogre at he that. He did point. some work with KMFDM again too. Yeah. He made an album called Skold vs. KMFDM. I'm like, uh-huh. sir, sir, you are... I know pig, sir, and you are no pig. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that, song, that album has some good songs on it. It has a, a song called... If you seek out one song on it, it's called Leave a Scar. It's a good song. Okay. And then uh, Born Villain, it's all right. It's okay. It has a cover of a Carly You're so Simon, vain. You're So Vain, yep. with Johnny Depp playing guitar. Yeah, this is definitely... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. This yeah. is definitely where Marilyn Manson is just Marilyn Manson and Friends. Yeah. But then... After that, the Pale Emperor, and that's it's actually a return to form. It's yeah. not. It's not a return to form. It's a return to being good again. It's, it doesn't sound like anything he did before. Re- Pale Emperor and Say Ten. I like both those albums a lot, from start to finish. They're good albums. Say Ten, Heaven Upside Down. Say Ten was a song. You're right. Heaven yeah. Upside yeah. Down. Yeah. yeah. Pale Emperor and Heaven Upside Down. They both sound very similar. They both. It's him and Tyler Bates, who's a music designer who did all of Tyler Bates is the, the Guardians of the James Galaxy. Gunn, James Gunn. James yeah. Gunn. It's basically uh, he did, so uh, he found Slither, a clap. He yeah. found an Atticus Ross that's worth a damn type guy. Right. And uh, Pale Emperor has a lot well, of good they songs did that, on it. Uh, that Stigmata recently. That Atomic Blonde. They did. Stigmata, yeah. yeah. Pale Emperor, like uh, Cupid Carries a Gun, is a good song. Three Day Binge is a good song. It's a good album. And then say ten or Heaven Killing Strangers down. is a pretty Killing good song. Strangers is a good song. Yeah, it's it was song. in John Wick. <laughs> yeah. It was a good movie. John Wick's a great movie. And then Heaven yeah. Upside Down. Part two is great. Heaven Upside Down is probably my favorite album of his since Hollywood. It's just solid from start to finish. Yeah. And the title track's good. The song Satan, Say Ten. Say Ten. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. No, I, so, I mean, you're right. I mean it's nothing like he's 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 kind of a goofy buffoon now that lives in LA. Yeah. But uh at least now his his more recent albums he knows to say his instead of theirs. It's definitely it's not a band anymore. It's just him. Yeah. Uh, they remind me. You could take his vocals out and put David Bowie's later reality stuff on it, and I'm like, this is very similar. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's totally some of those the, the more recent recent ones. The, the the structure I could imagine. Right. They could be later era Bowie songs. So that's all we have to say about Marilyn Manson. Antichrist Superstar is great. Mechanical albums. Is, Mechanical Animals is great. Hollywood is great. The rest is uh, be careful. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Be careful Dubious. until after 2012. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so then, what happened to Nothing Records? So the reason that Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor had such a uh, falling out was because of Nothing Records. Um, arguments back and forth about whether or not who how they were getting paid and you know this and that. John Malm was the manager of Nine Inch Nails at this point and also... Was he sneaking uh, around? He was sneaking around a little bit and I think even Trent Reznor took him to court. The last uh, nothing release in name only was the Beside You in Time Blu-ray and DVD. And that was the live DVD of With Teeth. 
Do you think that's why he started working out so he can kick that guy's ass? Possibly. Well, it was probably <laughs> also to get clean. You know, I think right. he just focused on on doing that. Right. Um, so what really like killed nothing was you know the the contention between John Melm and Trent Reznor. And then, of course, Universal was bought by Seagram's, which was an sure. alcohol company. Sure. And they got super corporate, and they were like, "We are not. We don't have any patience for this noise that you're producing." So <laughs> we've got. Listen, we've got time for seven, right? But not nine. <laughs> That's right. You guys get it. That's right. Seagram seven. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the funding really dried out, and so and also Trent made a move from New Orleans to uh, L.A. Um, and in order to probably get clean and just change his lifestyle, uh, Hurricane Katrina um, blew through New Orleans in 2005, didn't destroy um, Nothing Studios, but now Nothing Studios is a Coldwell Bank and a, Which like is strange, a salon or something like that. Because I work like for that. Coldwell Banker. Do you? Oh, I'm sorry, Coldwell Solar. Coldwell Solar, yeah. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> right. Um, this yeah, is a good time way, to mention Cole, that Cole Sar does not uh, endorse any of our opinions. Coldwell Solar and Coldwell Maker have nothing to do with each other. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Nothing Studios and Nothing just decided to just peter out because of all these things. Um, Trent does have a little bit of a... Uh, uh, we can talk about that later when we go, go down the line, but Null Corporation is kind of now his thing. Yeah, um, that's his new, the new EPs are all... A null corporation. corporation. Yeah. Exactly. So um, so that is it uh, for this particular well, episode. On. Before we go. Favorite non-Marilyn Manson nothing release? Eric. Yeah. Put you on the spot. <laughs> Gut instinct. Just go. Uh, Sensation by Pig. Uh, Sensation by Pig. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. Uh, <laughs> Holy fuck! Wow, it's not. Like, I mean, on. let's that's, look at that. It's, it's like not. A, there's like five albums we're picking from here. I'm not no. going from. Well, I, 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 I can. You were actually. I'm really time. surprised that you weren't going to say like Pop Will Eat itself. I can, yeah. I can pick from ten. Uh, I, if I had to pick my top three, it'd be Sensation. It would be uh, Dos Dedos Mis Amigos, and it would be Subliminal Sandwich. Easy. Yeah, no. You see, that'd be a, sensation, prick, and um. Oh fuck, prick! See, prick, prick would be. I don't even like that, that third one. Place, who's gonna creep in there? I'd, I'd, I, I, I don't mean, know. I. What have I listened to more than well, twice? Well, not Marilyn Manson. I'd probably say sensation, uh, prick, um, and uh, the third one, uh, maybe. <laughs> Einstein's ending New Bowden. See? But yeah, I mean, not. shit. <laughs> well, it dropped really fast. No, nothing Nothing really was a. It, it was. It, it didn't have its time, you I know? Hate to like, say it, but like, some of those. Nobody meant a got lot to me. Yeah. Some of those really meant a lot to oh, me. No, that's, that's great. That's, I'm glad to hear you say that. Amigos really, really like. It could have been. Yeah. Bought it for me for Christmas one year, and I listened to the motherfucking shit out of that album. The only reason that I watched, that I listened to it was because it had the nothing. Yeah, label well, that's on why it. I listened to it. But, but I it really didn't like it. I yeah. really liked it. Yeah, I did. And, but I, and I actually I transitioned into hip hop music prim- primarily in this era. Like yeah. before Fragile came out. Actually, that's probably why. That's why the Prez exists. Deaf ears, but I was I was going into full rap music, and I think Pop Will Eat itself had a big part of that. It was it was, it was well, the the the, the Fragile's gonna land on some fool ears soon. Here. No, I, I love that's Fragile. our next I, that's our next episode. I have of course we're debating that. going on vacation for it. We'll see how that works. 
Yes. So thank you again for uh, listening. Um, you can find us on Twitter at pod like a hole um, at pod like a hole. You can email us at pod like a hole at gmail.com. Um, if you want to find us individually, I'm at marked uh, on Twitter. Uh, Stephen is at at Stephen E. Chambers. And by the way, that pod like a hole account we need some followers. The, the on Twitter, what? The, the oh, Twitter on Twitter. One. Yeah, this is uh, new to uh, the whole the whole audience. And of course, Eric is found mm-hmm. at Eric Eric Two Guns at Twitter. Uh, and uh, there's a pod like a whole Facebook page. Go ahead and follow that. We really appreciate all of the iTunes reviews yep. and the likes that we've been getting. Um, and uh, for those fans in Brazil, don't know if you actually liked this or. Uh, Facebook just threw it in your face. So, but again, if you are liking us, we really appreciate it. We also had a uh, a bump in likership during the whole Tide Challenge, Tide Pod <laughs> Challenge. We're wondering if that's something to do with it. So, if you're coming to us and you are a fan of laundry detergent, we hope we've turned you on to some good music. <laughs> again, this is Mark. This is Stephen. And always, Eric. And we, again, thank you for your time. Bye-bye.